Listen, I have an idea. An idea. An idea. Whatever today has given you Five eleven headaches still call it Thanksgiving True Welcome to another edition of the Super Duper Podcast. I'm your host Rob Griggs here with the super producer as McMahon. Yes. <laughs> What's going on, Rob? How you doing, man? And also spirited. I can't tell that you're not tired at all, brother. I can't tell at all. <laughs> I'm up, man. I'm not tired. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's up. Then it's stuck, whatever they say. But thank you for checking out the Super Duper Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rob Griggs. We are at 100 episodes, 101. Eh, we did it 100 times. 100. But thank you for checking out the Super Duper Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at SuperDuperPod. It's S-U-P-A-D-P-A-P-O-D. Also, email us at SuperDuperPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out at HP53Productions.com for your mer her 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 And also, you can find additional content such as the Father Good Podcast and our own Ed McMahon with the Easy Smoke and GM Podcast. So there's no NBAs. So what you guys talking about this week? Just baseball and more baseball? Uh, we're going to hit on NBA free agency. No, that's right. Starts uh, starts Thursday the 30th. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So we'll be touching on that uh, mostly. And, think, uh, go ahead. You think Kyrie's going to blow up the Nets this year? I mean, I know you're after them, but that, that means zero, not a... Uh, I mean, you're in a situation now. You can, they can do a, uh, uh, they can do a trade, trade now. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if they don't feel comfortable with with him, I did hear the story that uh, him and Steve Nash aren't getting along, and he oh, asked wow. Steve Nash. He was at his house and asked him if he could see Kobe's MVPs. Dang. That's that's not that's, very nice. That's that's kind of foul. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want you on my team either, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it should be interesting uh the bulls have a uh have a have a big uh free agent of their own in zach levine so mm-hmm. we'll see if if he comes back and uh they're still they should still have some room to make some 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 other moves so it should be interesting uh free agency here gotcha Coming make up. sure you check out more sports content with the easy smoke and GM Podcast, and also the Father Good Podcast. And thank you for listening to the Super Duper Podcast. So as you know, we had a couple of weeks off. A lot has happened, man. So I hope you're doing well, man. But uh, I took the boys to the beach. They were out of school. Your sister is back in school. So the boys are out for a couple of days. So me and their mom just trying to make keep our jobs and keep the kids entertained. So I had them and uh, took them to the beach, man. It was 90 degrees last Friday. It was a wonderful beach day. Got out there early. And it was North Avenue Beach, you know what I'm saying? Just to kind of give them a nice little ride up Lakeshore Drive and see the city. So on the way to the beach lakefront, my son Chase asked for some beach music. And I'm like, beach music? I don't even know what that is. But, you know, shout out shout out to him for trying to create a vibe for our trip. You know what I'm saying? So I figured, well, I got these playlists and I can't play my uh, my gym playlist. I can't I can't play the Doomy Baby playlist. <laughs> it's my son's. So I had to figure out a beach playlist. So I'm like, all I could think of was, all right, Beach Boys Greatest Hits, man. And uh, I was going to 
actually say a joke saying that you got the Beach Boys. You, right. you actually did go there. I actually did go there. So wow. I said, I said, well, we'll see how it goes. As I got to tell you, that thing was banging. It was like an essential playlist. I did not realize how many Beach Boys songs I knew that I'm singing full tilt, like just my boys looking at me like, I thought you had a song. I'm screaming these songs. Had no idea I knew them. And like the vibe of the day made it perfect. So, and I'm sure y'all know them too. Look, I get around, shout out to Tupac. But it's like, okay, you hear the song all over on commercials and whatnot, right? It's just, okay, good vibrations. People know that. I know that song, yep. Surfing USA, a yeah. jam, yeah. right? God only knows now. I thought this was a Partridge Family song because I used to love the Partridge Family and it sounds like them, but it's the Beach Boys. So God only knows what I'd be without you. And we all know California girls, right? That's that's just a hit, you know what I'm saying? Kokomo. Now, I didn't realize it was going to touch my spirit the way it did when they said Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I'm going to take you to. The rest of y'all just started singing because everybody knows these words. And wouldn't it be nice? So shout out to the Beach Boys. My sons and I are AKA the new Beach Boys. Cause I was hating hard and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be whack. It's gonna be, it's gonna be basura. And I mean, I, I'm in it. Hits. Dude, I played, tell you no cap. I played it again, like the next day. <laughs> I was just like, yo, I'm gonna listen to that again. And it was like, yo, that's a good vibe. So shout out to my son for having a musical ear understanding that this this space we need some different type of music not your normal hippity hop dad so that was a nice little ride up this i i encourage you guys this summer you know if you don't you don't, you don't care about feeling shame or people looking at you weird play your beach boys on the way to the beach i'm telling you i'm telling you the, the trip will change a little bit it'd be a nice little time trust me I, I say driving to the beach when you're on the beach don't play regular music you dig but uh again i, I appreciate my sons making me think about the beach boys Another thing in the news is, so uh, the word the, right? Everybody uses it all over the place, but it just it was just trademarked last week by Ohio State. Have you heard about this? Well, how do you, you can't trademark the. So I checked it out. So, so they trademarked the. The, yes. So like uh, from the Indicator podcast and the Planet Money, shout out to them from NPR. So Ohio State filed a trademark for the word the, because you know, everybody says the Ohio the State. The Ohio State University. Right, yeah. and, and other colleges will still be like the the California Technical Institute is like, no, nah, ain't the same. And so shout out to whoever went to that school. But uh, Ohio State officially registered a trademark for the word the after nearly a three-year battle to clinch legal branding access to a word that's deeply meaningful to the school's overall identity. So apparently it's just sales shirts with the on it. That I guess everybody knows what that means. But there was a fight with uh, Mark Jacobs, who was making the same kind of shirt and apparel. So uh, the university filed the U.S. patent in 2019, and so they officially, I guess, were able to get get it rewarded. But I mean, I thought that was just go ahead. So no one else can use the. Well, here's the thing: they can use it. So I think when you when you trademark something, it's you have to trademark for a certain use, right? So you can't just blanketly trademark. Though, like when we're talking about Juneteenth and trademarking, you know, the drift of trademarks they have Juneteenth. It was right. like for a specific right. purpose. To have, remember, it was like the Juneteenth strawberry soda. So that was only to be used for the strawberry <laughs> soda, and it was like the Juneteenth uh, hot shot picnic. So the can only be used on brass and an apparel, right? In a branded shirt such as this. So of course, you know, we've said the and the 20 times already. They ain't coming for a check from us. But if we put it on a shirt, you know, then they might have a, they might have an issue with that. 
Interesting. Yeah, man. So uh, taking, a, taking a more serious turn, it's a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. And uh, the Supreme Court has been at the forefront of a lot of the change that has happened. Obviously, the biggest thing was the change in uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, which will have uh, reverberations and negative implications for years to come. Um, you know, it's been litigated on the news and all over social media with their posts about, you know, how this is a horrible decision. And, you know, we, we here agree, you know, we, we want women to have their rights to choose what they have to do, because it's not just about abortion. I think people, we talked about it before people get short-sighted about what it is and, and, and also what that decision encompassed. Right. And so there's a lot of safety at stake. And, you know, Bonnie Jones did a good job on his podcast. She's talking about like, you know, there's so many, it's not just, this doesn't, it's not going to stop abortions from happening. It's going to stop a safe abortions from happening. Like people are still going to do it. But now they're going to do it in a way where it's not safe and in conditions that are unsanitary. The, and, the know, old back going, alley. Right. You know, he, he mentioned like women throwing themselves down the stairs. I was like, geez, I forgot that pe- people were doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, this this is what this entails. And I think, you know, it's funny. It's the same people that were like, you can't make me wear my mask. It's my rights. Right. <laughs> like we're going to tell you what to do, though. You know what I'm saying? Can't have it both ways, kid. But I want to make sure that, but, you know, while that was happening, the Supreme Court ruled on a few other things, man. So the Miranda rights, you guys know what those are. I mean, you know, when you when people get arrested, which probably normally see them on TV all the time. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled on Thursday. So this is last Thursday. The suspects may not sue officers who fail to inform them of their rights to remain silent for damages. That's kind of a big deal because, you know, before it was a whole it was a whole big deal. right? I have to read you your rights before I arrest you. And so this is saying now you don't have to be a, a police officer is not considered culpable if they don't read you their rights. It means that the failure to administer the warning will not expose a law enforcement officer to potential damage damages in a civil lawsuit. Another another notable ruling, the Second Amendment. Now, we've heard about this. Clarence Thomas. <laughs> wrote in his 6-3 majority opinion that the Constitution protects right to carry a gun outside the home. So again, you know, these are rulings that have been happening in the last couple of weeks. Another one, the Supreme Court on Thursday ruled in favor of a death row inmate in Georgia who was challenging the state's lethal injection protocol and seeks to die by firing squad. Uh, the decision could make it easier for inmates to challenge their potential execute, execution method. So again, his brother was like, no, nah, I don't want the shot. I want a bunch of guns to kill me. And they're saying that's his constitutional right. I, like, you know uh, what? I, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of that. In hey. favor of that? Again, yeah. we're not saying this is negative or not. It's just saying, they, you know, we, we know what the, the large decision, but there are other decisions happening. I, mean, I guess you, if you want to die, you want to choose your way to die? You, have, uh, you should have that right? Hey, why not? <laughs> I don't think I want to go by firing squad, but all right. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I don't know what he's so trying to prove. He's like, geez, bro. Um, Voter yeah, I've ahead. heard I have you ever hear this that if they try to kill you and they don't they don't succeed that you get to go home? You get to go home, yeah. <laughs> oh first you're an X-Man if that happens, you're mutant or something. For real? Yeah. That's why. It's like I if you it. get the electric chair and you know the electric chair is broken. Well, I guess the other side of that cage you keep trying, like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> sit back down. Wait, wait, no, nothing. Nothing. All right, try it again. You know, hey, man. I guess, I guess he said, yo, maybe, you know, maybe they won't, you know, catch any, 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 any uh, uh, serious arteries. And yeah, I'll, 
I might I might survive it. Doc, I wonder what happens after that. Like when they're like, hey, uh, hey man, um, you can go home. <laughs> you can go home. <laughs> you, you can go home. <laughs> well, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go home. Go home. I mean, do you go back to life of crime or you you just you become a minister? Like, I don't I don't. <laughs> Dog, yeah. I mean, you 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 shut up selling chicks at a club. Yeah, they tried to kill me, but you know what I'm saying? I survived, they, baby. They're gonna have to give I'm them a survivor. brochure to give them all the methods that they have available, you know. <laughs> right. It's like, wait a minute, Channing work, bring out bring out the firing squad. Wait a minute. Yo, that's wild. There's hanging, there's yeah, yeah firing the firing squad, squad. the chair, yeah, lethal injection. <laughs> what if you did we got options. before? They they're like they're like, hold on, man. The three didn't work. Last one. It's like clearly this brother's special. Okay, Jesus needs him to do something. Why don't we just let him go? Uh, that's, that's wild. Funny. That's wild. All right. All right. So, uh, voter ID. The Supreme Court said on Thursday that two Republican leaders of the North Carolina legislature could step in to defend the state's voter ID law, even though the state's attorney general, a Democrat, is already doing so. The opinion will make it easier for other state government officials to intervene in some instances in lawsuits when the state government is divided. So it's, it's kind of giving people, in, in regards to voter ID, again, all this stuff, you gotta watch the board, as my man Jason Lucas says, shout out to him. Like, you know, before it's like, these laws are in place for a reason, right? It's what it says, how you can operate. And this is, a, as I'm reading it, is giving people the chance to say, no, 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 we can, do, we can you know, we can muck it up and come in and change some rules around. And, and like, to me, that's like, well, if the, if the law is what it is, and the state attorney general, who that's his or her job is to protect this law in this particular instance, they should have the final word and say, taking that power away, man. You know. But uh, you know, let me see. I think the last thing. Oh, religious school funding. The last one. The six-three ruling is the latest move by the conservative court. Well, I mean, this way, the Supreme Court said Tuesday that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from a tuition assistance program that allows parents to use vouchers to send their children to public or private schools. The 6-3 ruling is the latest move by the conservative court to expand religious liberty rights and bring more religion into public life, a trend bolstered by the addition of the bench of three former Donald Trump's nominees. So now, when I read that, I was like, well, I went to a Catholic school, right? And, you know, I know a lot of people that did went to private school, Catholic school, religious schools, what have you. And I mean, a voucher would have been very nice. I mean, I was in a scholarship program, right, uh, to, to go there. So I don't know if I think, I don't necessarily disagree with this ruling being a person who went to a private school. What do you think it is? I, I went to private school for uh, for most of my time too, but yeah. um, I disagree with that. Okay. Um, because you're taking away monies that could be going to public schools. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but then as a as a student like me, right? I wouldn't. I mean, not to say it, uh, the college I went to, I mean, college, high school I went to, right? It, that that the scholarship I received from other places, a voucher. They I know people. I know people who did not receive a scholarship, right? And yeah. Their parent had to take out so a bunch of loans, and their parent had to take out. That's kind but of stuff that by not but getting that was, That's their decision to go to that private school, though. But what? But now we know this in Chicago. Like, say the public school that's in your area is not the best school and and you know i mean and not, that's not saying public there are no good public schools because we know that there are right you went to one or whitney young out here is a good one but it's like 
what if there but there are schools in certain areas it's like that's just not my can't send my kid there and your only choice is into a is to a private school but it's, it's expensive then that then that saying that you know you well you're stuck that's what you you know there's no additional assistance outside of you getting salons if there's some financial assistance or not be able to take it that's i mean i see i see what you're saying there yeah. but i as as being, I went to both. I, I I did public public. I mean, I did a private high school. I did public high school, mm-hmm. um, and I actually saw once I got to a public school, you can you can see you know the uh, the void that's there. They need all the money they can get. Um, that wouldn't be right just to take it take it away from them and send it to a parochial school. I. I I can't rock with that. So that's okay. I see what you're saying, but but I think the way I'm looking at it is, I'm looking at it from the student perspective, not necessarily the school. I, so I think you're looking at it from like this: these public schools need this funding, so they should get it. And I see, and I'm with you on that for sure, right. because the whole thought of public school is every school should be the same, right? Should have the same. Uh, it should have enough money to 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 be funded, but that's just not how it goes, right? It should right. Be by property right. tax. So then you have very poor public schools, you have very rich public schools, and that's not fair. I'm looking at it from a student perspective. If again, this is the best choice for me to go based upon where I live, because we know there are public schools who aren't, you know, they they for the, in certain neighborhoods they aren't great, but this private school would do well, and, and this student would do well there, right? And and this is some some program that will allow some financial assistance for you to go there. I think that's a good thing. So I think that we're just looking at it from two different angles. You know, so I don't think either of us are wrong. Right. But I think in terms of the way, you know, most of these ruling people will agree with or not agree with. And that's kind of the point of the Supreme Court. But they've been uh, they've been busy, bro. I mean, they, they, they've been busy and maybe it's because we were paying attention to it now. And I imagine they've been making all these decisions before. and We just didn't know about it. Or, or yeah, it they weren't. A, they weren't just doing nothing. Though, yeah, yeah, it wasn't this court. <laughs> wasn't this crazy landmark decision about, right. um, you know, uh, the uh, overturning Roe versus Wade that put the spotlight on them. It's like, oh, y'all, what y'all, what, what y'all been doing? They're like, oh, crap. They got all this other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and first they weren't looking, man. Um, but you know, I, I do, I do want to make this point, man. You know, people talk about as we have these elections and, you know, less government, and yada, yada, yada. You know, we don't need the government to help us, boo, boo, boo. But man, during the pandemic, everybody was taking them PPE loans, everybody was taking those stimulus checks. You know yep. what I'm saying? And it was cool then. It was cool. It was cool for the government to give, give, give. But now the government is giving to others, and it's like, oh, now you straight. So, you know, that means uh since I'm straight, y'all should get it on your own too, right? Because you always hear that my family pulled myself up by bootstraps. Yeah, but they had boots. You know what I'm saying? And it was like they were giving, they were giving something. So I just feel like again, as we elect people, we got the primaries now, we got the general election uh later this year. Vote for empathy and sympathy, not self-gratification. Like, not just for people who are like, I got mine, get yours. Like, you know, some just because you got yours, it's still good to help people get theirs as well. Like, nothing is nothing is wrong with that. Like, nothing. And sometimes because you have yours, you can help those who do not. So I encourage you guys, you know, as we listen to all these things in the news, and we think about our voting, and I, man, as I heard somebody say, they blamed Biden over the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I thought that's the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my life. You know who you should blame? The people that wait, thought Hillary wait. Clinton was whack. <laughs> who, said, who said that? I forgot where I heard it. And it was like, that's the, that's on, everybody on the podcast. And it was like, that was 
what who if you want to blame somebody, blame the people that voted down. I, I have a, I have a I have a blame that uh I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. I got a blame that won't that won't sound uh, uh pretty nice and people yeah, so is, people is, will get I don't even know book? if I would have I, I don't it's I don't want to share it. It's about a justice book. though. It's about yeah. justice, yeah. Who yeah. should have retired? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying no names. You don't say no names. But they but they add they asked her and she said no. And yeah. Now you see here. where we are now. Now we're here. So yeah. But again, that's, guys, that's that's one that's one reason. This uh, is why your vote matters. This is why votes matter. I think I think we talk about it all the time. Is we should make shirts. We should trademark this. Like I blame. We, actually, you know what? I do. I do blame. Uh, there's another blame here. Okay. Uh, I can blame the Democratic Party as well. Okay. Uh, they didn't have backbone enough to uh, fight for the Mary Garland um, uh, nomination. For President Obama, mm-hmm. all facts, no cap. Yeah, man. But that we say it all the time: the Republican Party plays a long game, right? Yeah, yeah. All this stuff is a long game. So, the vote in 2016 affected 2022 decisions. You understand? And, and I so think, guys, and I think what happened they they didn't they didn't see the Trump thing happening. Well, I mean, but even still, though, man. It, it, but that is, it's like, but that, but to that point is, people were like, ah, Trump ain't gonna win. Cause it went, so I won't vote. It's like, see, that's that. That's the kind of thinking. It was just enough people to think that and do that that allowed him to win. That's why you gotta pick somebody. Like vote if you know what I'm saying. Like you, it, you can't just leave it up to the rest of us. That could. That's a psychological study. I think I may have mentioned this before. Shout out to Williams College, Psych 101. There is a study where they talk about. Um, it was a woman who was killed outside of an apartment building. Right, windows are open. Everybody watches man kill this woman in front of the building. Everybody and nobody called 911, nobody called the police. Nothing. He like he was out there for a couple of minutes, literally beating her, killing her. Everybody watched it. Study was they noticed that everybody in the apartment thought somebody else was going to call 911. So they didn't do it. They figured, oh, somebody else is going to call. So that so, but nobody called because they thought somebody else was going to do it. I bring it up to say, listen, in that election, everybody figured, well, they're not going to vote Donald Trump in, so I don't have to do it. And lo and behold, that we feel the effects of that kind of thing. And so folks, it doesn't matter if somebody else can do it. What can you do? I'm preaching today, dog. What can you do? That's all that matters. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about what they might do because they might not do what needs to be done, but you can do what you're supposed to do. So that's that. Collection plate is passed. <laughs> so as uh, another couple, one big thing, man, I, I read in the, uh, on CNN today, um, as inflation soars, Black Americans bear the brunt of rising grocery gas and housing prices. So, you know, uh, just a couple of quotes from the article. I want the woman that they interviewed, she was saying, I'm just worried about quality of life. Um, like many Black families, Johnson and her husband are bearing the brunt of inflation. The price is rising to the highest rates that the U.S. has seen in more than 40 years. Researchers say Black families will suffer the worst effects of rising inflation because they lag behind their white counterparts in income, wealth, financial savings, and home ownership. Another note, the median wealth of a white household is $188,200. I thought that was crazy, which is 7.8 times more than the average black household at 24,100. Wow. Yeah, in 2019, the home ownership rate for white Americans was about 73% compared to 42% for black Americans. That's why. Wow. And now this was an interesting point too. Uh, the an economist at the University of California, San Diego, who co-wrote the study, said many Black Americans are also living in food deserts 
and paying higher prices for groceries at convenience stores. That's real. That's real. Inflation only increases the price on those convenience store products, Lee said. It also forces black shoppers to have to travel farther for groceries, meaning they are subject to the higher gas prices. That's my folks. My folks have to travel to Indiana to go to go get a proper store. Or, what's you know, the what's the nearest grocery store to them? Well, actually, it's a jewel on Stony Island, which is like a mile from their house. Oh, yeah, 95. I mean, okay, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. But, but, you know, but, I mean, to that point, like, they can, it's convenience stores all, all through there. Like, right. granted, they're retired, they're doing okay, so it's not a big deal, but it's like, you know, they're folks that aren't like my parents that's doing or don't have children to bring stuff to them if they need to, right? Right, right. Um, you look at what's going on in Inglewood right now. You got the the closing of the the whole food store that was over there. That's closing. Yeah, they're closing that. Yeah. Stop playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, mean, I think there's another there's another grocery store that that was there. That's, mm-hmm. that's I think I think that's an Aldi that's closing as well. You telling me that uh, in that area? Yeah, yeah. Well, so well the whole I I didn't I I questioned the Whole Foods when they when they did that to mm-hmm. start. I mean, man, you ever been to you ever been to whole foods yes and, uh, whole check yeah yeah mm-hmm. you, you you get three items and it's like forty dollars yeah he was like I, and i really didn't need these three right <laughs> right um so i didn't i didn't really get that when when that that first took place but uh but yeah they're closing wow. so once again it's a it's a food desert over there it's, so and a couple of things i want to point out so one people probably don't agree with one might not you know give me side eye but we did 100 episodes so you know we out here um because the food desert thing is real. You know what I'm saying? I see it. You know, the neighborhood I grew up in, where my parents still live. It's like, you know, there's like kidney dialysis places, right? Popping up dollar stores everywhere, right? Yeah. And, but then like the main grocery store, like if you go to um, Stony, which is about a, a, probably a little more than a mile, about a mile away from my parents, right? And then going over east, Right, you might find smaller uh, stores. So, like I said, especially I go to Indiana. Now, if you if you a single parent, or not even single parent, just a two parents, and y'all got a, a bunch of kids, it's a lot to do. That that can be far to drive, you know, get there. And then I've always noticed how gas is crazy expensive in black neighborhoods. Like you ever see, you ever had to, you know, you um just need gas. But you guys go to that black neighborhood, it'd be like, why is it seven dollars? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can't afford this over here, like as a community. But then you know, you go out by the uh, more affluent neighborhoods, it's like fifty cent less. Like that's it's crazy. You know what I mean? And so, are you putting a squeeze on people? You know, is this a real thing? Again, so it's like, I mean, are people even talking about this? I don't even people even notice that. I mean, it's like it's insane how much gas is in our neighborhoods versus neighborhoods that are not ours. It's wild, wild. And then those same, to your point is, those same neighborhoods, as I'm thinking about it, Evergreen Park, it's the gas station and there's a grocery store and there's a Walmart and there's some Mariano's and there's all kind of stuff all up and down Western Avenue, dude. Gas stations, grocery stores. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But over East of Jeffrey Manor, it's, Gas station, gas station, one big grocery store could yeah. be in dollar stores all over yeah. the place, man. Now, yeah. the other side of it is my niece and I were talking about how, you know, my parents, right? Shout out to my parents. You know, they, they, my dad went to college for one year. My mom never, she never even considered college. They have lived a full life in terms of, you know, they've had every, the money they needed. 
They put us through school. I never not needed anything. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't that rich. Not at all. My mother just was like, hey, but get you what you need. <laughs> Some of what you want. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're doing what we can. And we're talking about like, you know, just adults. So I was like, Man, I, need, I need a couple more bucks. I need some little more money. I need to get this. I need a couple more bucks. And this is like my niece said it perfectly. They just lived a more minimalist lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? They weren't trying to go on fancy trips. You know, my niece was like, we, we went to church. You went to school. They went to work. That's that. You know what I mean? Now, that's not to say that that's the life you should want. But it, well, the bigger point I'm getting to is all this stuff is true. The food deserts are true. You know, the gas prices being high in neighborhoods are definitely true. Because also what we can do as well is be better stewards of our money as well. Also, right? Because the thing is, how many checks we going to get? How many checks we really going to need? Like some people spend this stimulus checks and the, uh, we was getting the, um, the, the uh, SNAP benefits for public school students. People was buying fish boils with the thing, you know, just going to the uh, to the fish place. Give me all the lobster. Ba-dow, right? <laughs> so, hey, man. Can't do that with it. So I think it's a combination of both, right? It's on one end, yeah, whatever systems are in place, it can't just be food deserts and this gas can't just be crazy and they be being gouged in our neighborhoods. But also when we get our money and we have our money, how are we spending our money? This is, and, I, and I'm not, this, this is a me too. It's a me question as well. How am I spending my bread? Do I need to enjoy this? The kids need to do this. Can we walk? Can we go to the library? You know what I'm saying? Can we chill? I can't wait to open these pools. That's what I'm saying. We also have to be mindful because it's about to get real. It's already real. You know what I'm saying? And we uh, can't yeah, we're in, we're in the midst of we it. Are, it's already real. So we can't be waiting. We can't keep waiting for these checks. We can't keep waiting for them to do something. We cannot shout out to Pastor Mike Todd. He was saying that uh, on, on the sermon a few weeks ago. Like, you can't, we can't keep waiting for people to bail us out, right? It's like, you know, we have to figure the money. My mother always says, you can do something with what you have. You can save a dollar. And she ain't lying. You can put a dollar away. That's all you got, man. But that's the mindset we had to have because, you know, things ebb and flow. The recessions ain't, you know, the, these times go up and down and we have to be just better stewards. I'm talking to myself, better stewards of our money and really the stuff that we're buying and we're doing is it what we need. You know what I'm saying? It's what we have because we got to be prepared for times like this. Man, as I'm all over the pulpit today, it's, we, we rolling, bro. <laughs> we rolling today, dog. So uh, la- last thing, man, I just wanted to point this out. I, I, you know, we couldn't go about acknowledging it. It's just these January 6th hearings. I'm not going to stay on it long. Just Trump a wild boy. They, you know, he's <laughs> he a wild dude. Like, I, 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 the only story that keeps sticking out of my mind is him grabbing the, the Secret Service guy, like, by the neck. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, it's like, man, he got, I don't see, I like, I should just shoot him in his face. I should shoot him right now. Well, nobody know. But it's like, dog, this is his job is to protect him. Like, Trump is a wow. That's wow. You are fighting your security. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're fighting your own security to do something stupid. He a wow boy. Wow. I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, the grabbing of the steering wheel, though. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to try to grab, the, tried steering to grab wheel, the steering wheel, and, like, it, and it also just grabbed him, like you know. Yeah, what, like, what, what, were you, what were you gonna what do you with gonna that? Do? <laughs> what I'll do, man. Narcissism, it's real, man. Hello, my name is Chase Scriggs, and you're listening to my dad in the Super Duper Podcast. I thank you for listening. So as we did it, we did it. Shout out to Kevin on stage. He takes it a long time ago on one of his posts that you ain't got a real podcast. And I'm paraphrasing. 
until you do about 100 episodes. That's when you know your voice. That's when you know who you are, what you're trying to do. And I feel like as we got to that point at about like episode 60 something, right? You know what I'm saying? But I can definitely see what he he is right. At at 100, you know, I have full confidence in what we do here at I, the I episode. thought you were good at about episode five, actually. Yeah, I, oh, look at you. Look, that's why you were the best producer in the world, man. Uh, yeah, man, but I feel like at 100... It feels natural, you know what I'm saying? We, we just rolling, talking about what we talk about, man. But we've had some of our top-rated shows uh, that I want to highlight now. So we're going to go in reverse order. So we're going to do our top five, right? That's top five? Top five. All right. Most so, listened to shows. So number five, and I'm not surprised, is episode 48, I'll Always Love My Mama. So... Mama, there are a few there are a few sayings that you've said to me over my life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say it to the people, but I want you to explain what you mean by it when you say it, okay? Okay. So there's a few. All right. Don't borrow sorrow for tomorrow. That's actually one of my favorites. That keeps me that keeps me from crying a lot. Well, borrowing sorrow is saying I'm gonna be this. I'm I ain't gonna have that. I ain't gonna do nothing. You borrowing stuff, but you ain't gonna know what you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. So you, I, if I do this, I'm gonna be sorry. Uh yeah. It's like two way thing. Yeah. yeah. You just trying to get yourself sorry already. You ain't there. <laughs> right. But that's true. I you guess. ain't even there. And you're sorry already. You, yeah, you're gonna be sorry because mm-hmm. you wanted to be. Okay. Well, yeah. So the next, <laughs> the next one is keep your promise to a kid. If you're going to whoop them or take them to the store, you got to keep your promise. Because I tell you, <laughs> you'll never forget. you never forget. Though. No, no, no. Yeah, that's true. Because a- Aiden is the king of, but dad, you said. You said. Yeah, they won't forget. And so if I think about you before I say, I'm going to take, I'm going to tell. Yeah, yeah. So I don't more. know. Yeah. And I'm also mindful of saying, I'm going to get you. Because if I'm not going to get them, then they're going to be like, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, and try to listen after he ain't gonna get to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then you might hear him get him one time they didn't mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but so you just say that that's so that's really just more about keeping your promise yeah, to the kid. Yeah, to the kid. Yeah, because they listen, they're hearing you. You know, if you say I'm gonna get you when I get home, they waiting to get be got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't, then he ain't gonna do nothing. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised by this, uh, because my mother is hilarious uh she is really a great we always say she should have her own television show anyway i mean stuff she says in the house have us cracking up we think about it weeks later and i remember a lot of people called me after the episode was like yo your mom had me cracking up or your mom's quote should go on t-shirts man so shout out to my mama you know and and mama i love you very much uh you know i can't wait to see you later on today so episode 48 i always love my mama go back and check it out listen you will not be disappointed uh, episode number four, episode 98, feeling zesty. So apparently, uh, men are wearing uh, tighter shorts nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like the women out here looking at thighs and legs, out here cat calling. You know what I'm saying? It might be revenge for sundress season. So, you know, I was I was hearing about this, laughing about this, people making jokes. I walk into a family function one day. My niece goes, oh, you got all your, your hoochie daddy shorts. I say, hold on, hold on. I, I got hoochie daddy shorts on? I had to look at my, look at my drawer, ass. I think I got like four of them, dog. 
I gotta go buy some bigger shorts. You you was, oh, stop you, working was wearing, out. you was wearing them skin tight shorts, man. Hey, hey, listen, man, listen, man. I do I do I, I don't miss leg day, bro. I, I squat. That's what it, it's, <laughs> it's what it is, man. Now I think people only like that episode because we were talking about Hoochie Daddy shorts, man. I think that was the, the main bag, <laughs> main bag in that one. You know what I mean? I was just nasty. That's top four. Talk about Hoochie Daddy shorts. Jeez. Jeez. Gotta gotta come down to the knee, man. Gotta, gotta, hey, gotta, no, gotta, man, gotta get to the knee. I'm a, I'm above the knee, dog. I mean, it's all good. Let's gotta let them breathe. Let the thighs breathe, dog. Like I, I, like I said before, I'm a I'm a I'm a child of the Jordan <laughs> era. We you got go below the knees. Yes, right. Hey man, lotion up your knees, you know what I'm saying? Put some cocoa butter on them. Show them out, man. Something's gonna be hot. number three. Episode 61, On the Couch with Rob and Shakita, part one. So Shakita, since you are the expert here, Rob, could you <laughs> let us know uh, about just what the five, could you explain to people what the five love languages are? Yeah, so it is a tool created by Dr. Gary Chapp. It's been around for a very long time. Very, very, I can't remember the year he created it, but I will say this. Over the years, he has made this tool better and better. And I've been using this tool for a few years. And I've known about it for at least 10 years now. And so it is a tool that assesses um, five different areas to see, you know, what your primary, secondary love language is. So that so that, so, so that way you and your partner will know what your love tank or your love language is. I call it a love tank. <laughs> mm-hmm. The more you understand your love language and your partner does too, the more they can help fill your love tank and you feel loved and supported. Mm-hmm. So would you say that's the reason these are so important to know because it get, again, it helps you it helps you meet your partner, it helps you kind of meet your partner where they are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because one of the things that I will say, even myself, as you were saying before, you know, I you know, I am married and me and my spouse's love language is very different. And thank God, 10 years ago, we took the test at a marriage retreat through the military. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had an idea what it was, but to actually see it on paper and to go over each love language and really understand what his needs are. I try to keep that in the back of my mind and vice versa. So I was surprised. I mean, not not surprised because it's of what Shakita, but it was like you know we had that was a really good episode at number three, and again episode sixty one. This was our uh, conversation about the love languages, and the part one was like, of course, love languages in our relationships, like you know one you know love relationships mostly, and uh, you know it was I think my love language is words of affirmation. That's what it is. That's what, that's my love language. I like to be told that I'm great. So. Um, you know, we talked through that. She helped me because I don't like my love language, but she helped me understand why it's a positive one. But that's a great episode. Even if you're just thinking about yourself, what's your love language, how you want to be loved, how you should give other people's love. And I think Shakita, shout out to her, man. She's doing some really, really big things. And I appreciate her being a part of the Super Duper podcast for sure. But check her. She got a few episodes on the Super Duper podcast. Check her out, Shakita Torres. But episode 61, that was number three. Uh, our second rated show of all time is episode two learning racism with dr williams anything you know racism is really the front is the front runner of the news today right and and, and it's a good thing because we can really have some really open and honest conversations about it and i was telling uh is about how i heard on a podcast of some white guys just saying how you know why Things about racism isn't wasn't taught in schools. Like we talked specifically about the Tulsa riots and just how like both of mm. us didn't learn about that until like we were adults. But that was such an, yep. a major American thing in history. So if you could, man, just expound upon like 
you know, and I think we know it inherently, like, right? Why racism yep. isn't taught in schools and how has it changed? So if you could just share some insight on that. Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is, listen, I hope you guys, if you haven't done so already, uh, when you do, I want to take you on a tour of the, when it opens up again, the African-American Fish Museum in Washington. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I always show people when they come with me there is, there's a quote from James Baldwin which says, history is not principally about the past. It's about the present in all that we do. It's literally present in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things about schools and about teaching about thorny issues is that people think that if they can remain silent, they can jump over history. But what happens is it always comes back. It isn't that history repeats itself. Is that it, it never goes away, right? So it's a sustained conversation. And the, the only thing that the only difference, you know, Robbie, is that people who decide to have that conversation or the conversation is going to impose itself on the moment, right? So the current situations that we're, you know, we're talking about with the pandemic and the disproportionate health impacts on African-Americans and Latinos, whether we're talking about the, you know, police brutality, all those things, those are conversations that we need to have, we should have, they should happen in schools. And remember, one of the things I, I, I spend a lot of time training teachers, and what I, can, what I always tell teachers is this, schools, when they work, on exercising democracy. When they don't work, right, then they're a failure of democracy. So when we don't have conversations about important issues, we have to ask ourselves, what's the purpose of going to school, right? Is it just to transfer content? Because we can see, I mean, I know you guys know this, you you got children. I mean, you can do Zoom, but there's something about engaging in conversation in a public space. And schools are a really important part of that. So when schools don't talk about things, what they're really saying is, we don't want to um, address those most impressing things that impact our students, especially among, uh, you know, communities of color. So one of the reasons that schools don't discuss those things is because school is a reflection of society. And so we think that school can play a role, but guess what? Those conversations aren't happening in boardrooms. They aren't happening in libraries. They are happening in churches. They are happening in a lot of our public spaces because it's a painful issue. And although, as I said, history is present in everything we do, it doesn't mean that people don't try to either forget or they don't try to jump over history. And again, I'll just I'll end with this by saying, listen, when people forget things, they become forgetful. And what I mean by that is it's easy to become forgetful if you never speak these people's names or you never speak on these issues. You talk about racism in school and then people go to corners and they're really scared because if you talk about it the wrong way, you could be fired. You could be challenged. But that's okay. All right? it, school should be a safe space to have the conversation and it's turned into just another place where we avoid those necessary conversations. That came, that came at, a, at a really uh, interesting time. Yeah. Uh, we were in the midst of the pandemic and mm-hmm. then uh, George Floyd, the George Floyd murder happened. Uh, yeah at that time so and, and dr it, it, was, it was right on point and dr williams just called shout out the world yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. he, he 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 just a man he, he the man to do it and i mean he's a if you have not heard about dr williams and he has a few episodes with us what like four four episodes yeah, i think so yeah about four yeah he's a professor of african-american history and just u.s history and just he just know a lot about a lot of stuff uh, he also one of my favorites is i uh, read a book with Dr. Williams. <laughs> I was like, man, read me. Go read some, Robbie. Uh, but he was great on this episode. And to your point is, this came at a time where we were talking about racism. Funny how we don't talk about racism like that anymore. Huh? But it came <laughs> at a time where, you know, people were open to hearing about race relations and what people aren't seeing and what they aren't noticing. So 
And Dr. Williams, as he always does, explain things very well, very clearly, drops some knowledge and also left, he always leaves it with, with a book to read. And our number one episode, which is our first episode, is personal protests. So, man, you know, this affects you, right? I mean, we're seeing it every day, even just trying to get around to the store. You're hearing the police sirens. You're hearing the gunshots. Are you looking at the news, looking at CNN? Man, this stuff is heartbreaking. I mean, what are we going to do? How are we going to approach it? Like, as a father, this makes me think about what kind of world am I leaving for my children? You know, what, what, are, what are they going to be involved in? What are they going to see? You know, what legacy are we leaving? Because again, this looks like the 60s outside. Absolutely like 1960s. We were supposed to be progressing, right? It's 2020. We were supposed to have George Jetson flying cars and all that kind of stuff. Yet and still we're dealing with protests, police brutality, inequality, and the real pandemic of racism. And as a black man, these constant images and videos are just, man, they're just exhausting, man. They ain't troubling. Uh, it makes me sad that my parents who grew up in the Jim Crow era, truly, you know, in Tennessee and Mississippi of all places, don't see a real progress in race relations. I mean, they think it's worse now, right? My mom was talking about how she understands why people are upset and angry because there has been no progress. They upset for a reason. And so it reminds me, man, that like, you know, my degrees and my ability to disarm people who are not like me, my ability to blend in but still be myself, man, none of that matters. So I'm proud of this episode, you know what I mean? Because it was like, we didn't know what we were doing. We just like, we'll turn it on, see what happens. And we were going to do that part. I think we we're going to do our, that house party episode first, but then George Floyd was murdered. Right. And it was just like, that's just not, you know, it was like a two weeks where it was like, hey dog, ain't, you know, we can't be out here laughing and joking like that. That's, that's just, you know, we're being oblivious to what's happening. This is an important moment in time. And I think also that was a time uh, we learned about Ahmaud Arbery being murdered for running, you know, in the neighborhood. And of course that the, 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 um, the killers and everybody involved were, you know what I'm saying? They brought the justice in the court. And I remember that was just an episode because it was real though, man. It was like, I was, I, I, I would run in the neighborhood with a Kellogg shirt. If you guys don't know, a slight flex. I got my MBA from Northwestern University, Kellogg, and it's a big deal in these parts. We're happy so, for you. Thank you, brother. Cost a lot of money. So when I was running and I had the Kellogg shirt, I was trying to be the good black guy. But after Ahmaud Arbery was killed for just running, it was like, you know what? I, I don't I don't have to keep making people feel comfortable. And, and, and that was something that a lot of black people do. Like, you know, you wear your college shirts, you wear your, you know, the, something to show that you're nice, right? And, you know, you because you want people to, if they see that, they figure, oh, he must be a nice one. Or, he, or not even nice one. He or she is not threatening. Or I can talk to that person. And, and I shouldn't have to, that shouldn't have to be. I can wear a Nike shirt. Right. I can wear a black shirt. I can wear a hoodie and still be the non-threatening black person that you that you would assume I am if I had a Williams College shirt or a uh, Kellogg shirt or Northwestern. Right. So that was my personal protest. And then we just talked about just you should we should all, especially at that time, have our own personal protest because we, we see racism and we see um, where people are not paying attention to others and their needs and their safety so we have to have our own personal protest and if we have our own personal protest protest we have a larger protest maybe things can get better man so 
you know, I, you know, I thank you guys for listening. I can't move forward without thanking the man, as as I appreciate you. I know you like Rob. Come on, let's miss a week, bro. Please, let's miss a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Uh, yeah, never. yeah, yeah. He said it because we're recording, but I, I appreciate you, dog. I really do like the show. I appreciate your back and forth, and uh, you know, for me testing out the voice over 100 episodes, man. I really couldn't do it without you, man. So uh, I, pre- yeah. I appreciate that, man. Let's man, let's man. Uh, let's go for another 100 here. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, just a couple quick thoughts, guys. Like, you know, so I, I want to say this in the right way because, you know, we, I was confident about what we were doing. But, I, you know, it's like just weird to think we'd be 100 episodes, like, what, two years later is. And uh, it's just, you know, a running 100, that's a big number. We've done this 100 times. You know what I'm saying? This is 100 hours plus of content that we've given. And I think as you would agree, we just want to inform and we want to entertain. And that's, that's, that's our main, that's our main bag. We just trying to, you know, teach a little something, put you on something and have a good time doing it. You know what I mean? And I want to thank every guest that's been on here. We had about Shakita, Dr. Williams on, Marsha Givens was on here. Uh, you know, we just had so many different people um, that, are, you know, um, there's so many guests that we've had on here. Like, we really appreciate you guys making a super duper podcast what it is. And like my man Ed said, we're going to do another 100. And also just keep the, keep the lookout for HP53. We are part of a larger company that builds content and creates content. So you will be hearing, seeing uh, more from us. So, you know, we just keep ask you to keep us seeing your thoughts, seeing your prayers as we try to do the best we can do and succeed and just be, get these stories out, man. You know what I'm saying? Get these stories out, get this content out here. And we just hope you like it. So please like, subscribe, share. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Make sure you like, review, uh, send us an email. If you want to get any questions or show ideas at superduperpod at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at S-U-P-A-D-U-P-A-P-O-D. Also follow us online at HP53Productions.com for our merch. We're going to do 100 more, Ez. Let's do it. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. This is the Super Duper Podcast. On this campaign, is a suicide that you know that bringing hope here is how careers die? Or do the case stand for kamikaze? For Jay Silent, it's everywhere you can feel I'm probably sure lately I've been up late with what? demons in my basement trying to get me to hate this. What? Life thinking I should be further, and then I choke up. As soon as I got silent, then the truth spoke up. This said, How you know you ain't perfect? Let that soak up and soak in. You know how you know that you're blessed. I woke up. Yeah.